Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erio's original. Welcome to the Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh at spending $1.60 for the deluxe fart package on Alexa to entertain our children for 30 minutes, then we're all screwed. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. We are back with another special pandemic episode of Mother of All Shows. How's everyone holding up? I'm up and down. I victoriously built a shelf for my basement and then immediately found a rat's nest behind it. Metaphor for life? This is part one of a two-part series we are doing on homeschooling. I am not a teacher, but I have played an educator on TV. I play Coach Crowley on A Typical on Netflix, where I say well-thought-out jokes and sage wisdom on camera and off-camera. I ask for tea in my trailer. This is way different, and I know many parents have been struggling with how to educate their children, keep themselves sane, and balance work from home. But we've got you covered with two amazing episodes. Today's episode is an interview with a mother who has been homeschooling her daughter since before the pandemic. Dr. Nushaniv is the National Education Director of the VA Mental Health Centers of Excellence, founder of Tools for Families, and homeschooling mom to an amazing six-year-old. But first, let's check in with my five-year-old daughter, Lottie, to see how homeschool is going. How you doing? Good. How do you like being um, homeschooled? Great. <laughs> Who is your teacher? Miss Goss. What about teacher mommy? How's teacher mommy doing? I love you, but really, I don't like that you work a lot. Oh, I'm sorry I have to work so much, buddy. Are you learning anything in homeschool? Mop. You're learning how to mop? I, I've never seen you mop before. Moo moo mop. Moo moo mop. So you're learning how to mop like a cow? <laughs> boo boo mama moo moo mop. Well, at least she's learning to rhyme. I love you. Boo ba ba lucky Moo moo mop. And now, my interview with Nusha Niv. Can you tell me how long you've been homeschooling your child? Sure. So Soraya is in first grade um, and we started homeschooling when she was in kindergarten. She went to traditional public school August through October and we pulled her out in October and started homeschooling. We uh, considered not doing any schooling that year because she was still five and um you know, technically schooling, quote unquote, schooling's not mandated till age six. Um, but then when we became familiar with various ways of homeschooling, it was like, well, she can be, you know, technically in school, but not doing regular school stuff. Um, so, so yeah, she, we started when she was in kindergarten. Got it. So you've been doing it for about a year and it was interrupted, essentially. It was interrupted because, you know, a lot of people think you homeschool from home and um, that is the opposite of homeschooling. I mean, we do something. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Um, there's very little home activity that we do in homeschooling. You know, there are very different ways of homeschooling. Um, but ours, the way we do it is very, uh, involved in our community and play dates. You know, there's a lot of park days. LA has a very strong homeschooling community. Um, there's park days pretty much every day of the week. Um, the, particular group that we're involved in has a lot of uh, field trips. And in the past year, they've been doing something called, uh, when I say they, I mean, like we've all been doing something called cultural LA. So every month is focused on a different culture. So we've been doing field trips um, and like craft projects and different art projects and food projects related to whatever culture we're talking about. Uh, so it, it is very much out in the world, which is one of the things that really appealed to me about homeschooling was I didn't want her to be going to the same place every day. What we're doing now under quarantine is a, a little bit like torture in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's very comforting to hear from a homeschool teacher that all of us being trapped in here together is not the normal way people homeschool and therefore no. it's torture. <laughs> Great. No, and it really, it really bums me out because I think people already have misconceptions about homeschooling and um, to then walk away from this experience thinking, well, this was terrible. Why would anyone want to do this? You know, <laughs> when uh, the reality is that homeschooling, at least for us, is a very social affair. It's a very outdoor affair. Um, it's a lot of like forest days and park days and things, field trips. So. so who organizes these field trips? And like, I'm just thinking of like very basic, like, you know, who decides the time and the place and do you need permission slips? And, you know, like, do, how does the system all work? Is there a like a governing group of parents or is it a program that you follow? So it depends how you're homeschooling and what groups you're in, involved in. Um there are two in California. I can't speak for other states. In California, there are two ways you can homeschool. You can either uh, file what's called a PSA, a private school affidavit, basically saying I'm a school, um, and then you can educate your child however you want. But uh, there are no uh, restrictions or regulations on it. Um, I love I love that idea. I'm like I'm a school. Our mascot is like um, sourdough bread or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is our flag. Um, every day is a spirit day, which has been a hundred percent our homeschool. The day is sock day. Like I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I'm like, please get dressed. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on all the names, but some of the schools are really funny names because you know it's just like someone's mom. <laughs> name the school they're really they're great i mean legit you could just have a harry potter school at like some point right like you could just be like well this is the harry potter center of learning and absolutely absolutely it's great oh is it great nusha is it great Oh, you learn magic all day long. That's right. So, okay, so there's that kind of school where you can just register as a school, and then the other type of schooling is, I'm assuming, your type of homeschool? Well, what we've been doing, the other way is to enroll with um, a charter. So that's a public school. It's a homeschooling public school. Um, so there are a lot of them, and the way those typically work, and they, they, there are variations among them, but the way they typically work is that you're enrolled in this public school. Their charter says that you're doing remote learning. Um, they will give you some money to help with 
curriculum and, you know, if you're taking classes in the community, um, supplies, things like that. Um, and then those schools will, will often like sponsor various field trips and events. So they do all the organizing. The reality is like, we almost never go to any of the events thrown by our official charter school. Um, Mm -hmm. Because our homeschool community is so, you know, we're, we're in L.A., so it's homeschool L.A. is our particular community. Um, and they are so active in uh, planning various field trips and events. And so the, the two women who started it, they do a lot of the planning, but really anyone can plan it and post about it. So it's up to it's very much uh, a kind of a duocracy. Like if you do it, it will happen. Got it. Duocracy. <laughs> so I love your cult, Nusha. It sounds great. <laughs> if you get it. Duocracy. Um, <laughs> so how many hours a day then do you homeschool? Or does it kind of vary? And do you keep a schedule? It really varies. Um, so I, I, I'm a somewhat minority in that I also work full time. Um, so which makes it a little more challenging, but I get to, I work remotely. Um, my hours are somewhat flexible. So, so that helps a lot. Uh, but when I decided to homeschool, one of the things that I took into consideration was I was spending about an hour and a half a day dropping Soraya off at her school, driving, because uh, if I was working at home, driving back home and then going to pick her up, coming back home. So I was already spending an hour and a half a day just engaged in a school activity that was not a fun one. So I decided if I take that time and actually teach her, spend, you know, actively teaching her, that would suffice. And it really does. When you think about like how much time kids are, you know, actively learning in school, it's not that much time. They're spending a lot of time like washing hands and getting a line and, um, you know, doing things like that. So I put in, I usually put in an hour to half, an hour and a half to two kind of actively doing things with her. But then a lot of the time is, you know, her, she'll be taking an art class or a dance class or just sitting by herself doing whatever project she's into. We do forest school once a week. So we go to the forest over um, near our home and she and the other kids play while I spend the you know, afternoon writing. So we do different things. And so in terms of number of hours, it really kind of varies day to day. But in terms of like actively me sitting with her, I aim for about an hour and a half a day. But uh, the beauty of here, I think as someone who's like trying to homeschool right now, because I can get about 45 minutes of attention. And then I'm just like, do whatever you want. I don't care. (laughs) But But you don't have to get that hour and a half in all at once, right? Like it could be 20 minutes and then like go play for an hour. And then we'll do another 20 minutes of math and then go play for an hour. So that's the flexibility. It doesn't have to be for a certain time. Like we we do a lot of um, what's called game schooling. Game schooling is the idea, and it's you know there's data to support it that people learn best through games. And our family's super into board games, and um, we love family game nights. So that's where a lot of her learning takes place. Is we choose games that have some sort of like learning component to it, and to her. She's not like, this is school. This is family game night. I love that. Yeah, Lottie loves to play Uno and Go Fish and Slapjack. Like a lot, She loves card games. And we always play with her. And now look at me. I'm an educator as well now, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> You're very knowledgeable about homeschooling. Can you uh, tell me about some of the benefits of homeschool? 
Um, so they vary. You know, I think uh, people homeschool for very different reasons. Um, and that's been an interesting, I know that wasn't your question, but that's been just interesting for me to um, get to know all these parents. And it, it really makes me break out of my bubble. Um, but what I have in terms of the benefits, um, I would say for me, that's been a benefit, the breaking out of my bubble, but for Soraya, um, the benefits are you can adapt to her pace. So for example, she's, she's pretty far ahead in most of, you know, in like reading and math and so on. Um, so one of the issues we were having in kindergarten is she come home every day and be like, I'm so bored. It's like, you're five. How can you be bored? Um, but you know, if she was legitimately bored, she was learning things that she had been known since third grade. So that means since age three. So it's like, why, why would I make her sit there all day and do it? So I think the biggest benefit is that you can just adapt to their needs. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that means speeding up. And sometimes that means slowing down. Another benefit is that they learn better because they can learn things that they're interested in, right? Instead of like, here's the curriculum, here's what we're doing. And some people homeschool and do that. So I don't want to um, say that it's that people don't do that homeschooling. So, right, right. It's just like, um, right, because you could supplement the day with the things like fostering their other talents and interests as well. Yeah. And you don't have to use a curriculum. Cur- curriculum. So for example, um, there's a group of homeschoolers, they're called unschoolers. They don't use any curriculum at all. Um, they really do whatever the child wants to do, whatever the child is connecting with. Um, is that how forest school started? Somebody's just like, I live in the forest now. They're like, great, you're at school. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 if the kid's into being outdoors, then I think that would categorize, be categorized as unschooling. But yeah. um, But think about everything you learn in the forest. You learn all about the seasons. You learn all about the animals. So the place we go, we go there throughout the whole season, all the seasons. So she has learned how um, seasons uh, impact the habitat. She's learned about all the animals there. She's learned about all the plants there. So, you know, there's a a lot of learning going on through that and through play. I love Um, it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Homeschooling. It seems a bit uh, of a of a luxury that people can afford to do, you know. If um, you can afford to live and also homeschool your child, so uh, do you lack diversity in like socioeconomic um, backgrounds or religion or race or like things that I, I value? I'm, sure, I'm assuming you value as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. A whole lot about people's socioeconomic status. It's just not something that comes up in kind of conversation, day to day conversation. Oh, wait, I don't want to talk about money. How are you affording this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. But I, I mean, as, as far as, you know, gender is obviously very mixed. And in terms of ethnic diversity, it is so beautiful. I mean, so one of the 
I'm not going to say problems, but one of the things that um, felt very complicated for me as an ethnic minority is that when the school that Soraya was going to was incredibly white. I mean, there was her class had uh, two people of color in it. And I really struggled with that. And, uh, you know, that is not the case in our homeschool community. It is so diverse. It, it's really beautiful. Uh, and I really love it. Um, I, in terms of socioeconomic, I, I imagine, just from what I do know about people, it's really like usually mom, in some cases, dad, but I would say vast majority of the cases, it's mom doing the homeschooling. And there is a dad in the picture who's working and bringing enough income to support the family. That is a luxury. Not everyone has that. Um, I, I was part of, or I am part of a Facebook group for single moms. And that has been very eye-opening. Not single moms, I'm sorry, working moms. And, and so those people are in kind of the same boat I'm in where we're homeschooling, but we're also working. And, you know, there are a lot of challenges to that. It's hard. Uh, I don't think it is doable for someone who has to work a very rigid nine to five job and then homeschool. I think that would be really, really hard to do. Right. Or even like, um, I mean, I'm talking very specifically about LA and like my industry, but like working 12 to 15 hour days on set, which that you can't control. I can't imagine being able to give her like Lottie a proper education. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be hard. At the same time, like if you have, um, like, there's one day a week where I have I, I work that 14 hour day. And mm-hmm. I instead of trying to force myself to be everything to everyone, I have someone who comes and hangs out with Soraya for like an hour and a half. And they you know do some, some of the learning activities we may have, you know, considered for that day. Um, so I do get help one day a week for a couple of hours. And that works out really well. And because the homeschool community is, again, pretty tight knit and um, people really go out of their way to help each other. Like if there's a park day or a forest school or something we can't get to because I have to work, there's always someone I can ask to take her. Oh, that's so nice. So you just have a really strong community of people who are taking care of each other, taking someone like else's kid for the day or whatever, kind of a built-in social network of people. Yeah. And you have to, because, you know, one of the big concerns people have for homeschoolers is that they don't get socialization, Mm -hmm. um, which is simply not true. Um, But it is true that they're not getting socialization with the same group of 30 kids every day. So you do have to put in the effort. Right. Uh, keep those social relations to, you know, make those friendships maybe outside of park days because park days, there's so many kids. Um, mm-hmm. Some kids need a little more like one-on-one friendships to build that. So you do, you know, you do need to nurse it a little bit, but then, but then you have that and you have this support system to rely on when you, yeah. you had asked me the benefits of homeschooling and I, I didn't right. get to my, what I think is, you know, the, main benefit for us. Can I share that with you? Yes, please. Um, So, you know, we talked about that you can go at whatever pace, but to to me, the biggest benefit is that you can follow your child with their interests. Um, And, you know, not, I think it's first grade, the curriculum says they're supposed to start learning about like ancient history. What six-year-old cares about ancient history or even (laughs) the concept of like that amount of time, you know, like nobody cares about that at six. 
or maybe even 45. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I love about homeschooling is that you can take what they're interested in and run with it. So uh, as an example, Soraya was last year became obsessed with like where babies come from and pregnancy and uh, develop, you know, child development. So we like ditched all the kind of plans that we had, put them in the background and girl, she learned all about human anatomy. She knows more about bodies than most adults. Uh, (laughs) She learned about the months because we had a stuffy that was pregnant and we followed her through her pregnancy. Oh my God. (laughs) She learned all about like the, the history of midwifery she learned how various animals are born. And then once her stuffy gave birth, we started studying child development. Like, oh she my was, God. So was, Soraya is a midwife, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And every day she'd like wake me up like, hey, can we read an anatomy book? You know, oh it was so great. And it really, um, I, I think that experience is what really sold me on homeschooling. Oh, yeah, I find um, I'm definitely understanding why like the Tamagotchis were such a hit back when we were kids, you know, because kids love to follow projects over a long period of time. Like I remember when I was in kindergarten, we had um, chicks like because our teacher was a farmer. So she brought in eggs and we watched the chicks hatch and stuff. And I we have like butterflies that we're watching in our house right now. We've got the cup of cup of caterpillars in our house. What a what a lovely uh, way to teach your child to get a get a knock up a, a stuffy and <laughs> learn about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so I, my follow up question: How did that stuffy get pregnant, Nusha? How did? <laughs> well, she did have a relationship with a boy stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> And girl, so Soraya put a little penis on that boy's stomach. You know what? It just demystified everything. Thank you for asking that question. Um, I needed to know the answer. And how do I talk to my child about it? Uh, uh, So you have one child. Do you know anyone that has like two or three or four children in school and how are they doing it if they're homeschooling? You know, I have seen people do it and they have really varying experiences for those who homeschool and are kind of rigid using a curriculum. I think they, they, no, I I don't want to say struggle, but they certainly have a harder time with it um, because it's just more work, right? If you're delivering a different curriculum to different age levels, Um, But for those who are not necessarily using a curriculum and are more um, learning through life experiences or, you know, more of the unschooling philosophy, uh, they seem to do okay. You know, Um, in fact, in some ways, depending on what the age difference is between the kids, um, you know, the older one can help out the younger one, or if they're more similar in age, they can, they can be playmates and learn through more hands-on play together. Uh, So I think it really depends on the approach they take to homeschooling and how that pans out. And, you know, I would imagine I don't 
again, know people's socioeconomic status, but I imagine if you have to work and homeschool multiple grades while using strict curriculum, that that would be really hard. Right. Yeah, I I would, I would, I would think so. Um, Now, is there any drawbacks to homeschooling that you know about um, or that you feel uh, so far? Because it sounds like it's been a pretty positive experience for you. It, it has, you know, I'm not going to lie. The beginning was challenging, partially because again, I had never thought about homeschooling. So once I suddenly became a homeschooler, I, you know, I'm pretty educated and have to know all the things before I start an endeavor. So it was, I, I think I took like three days off work and just read everything ever written about homeschooling and outcome data. And, you know, it was just, <laughs> so that part was a little challenging, just kind of getting in there and not knowing anything. But once I figured out what my options were legally, that simplified it a little bit. Um, and then the other challenge that came initially was you join these, you know, there's, there were like three homeschool communities around us and we start going to all of them. And a lot of these communities have been established. They've known each other for so long um, that you really feel like an outsider initially. Um, And so I was going, but I had to work. Right. So I was like taking her to a park day, for example, but I'm sitting back there with my laptop. So I'm this like antisocial mom. So that, that was a little weird. And then she's kind of shy with new people. So she wasn't in really interacting because all these other kids were playing with each other. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. The first like four five months were not easy. It was socially hard to kind of break into that world. What we finally did was I asked her to pick, you know, a few people who she liked, who she thought she might want to be friends with. And we invited them over like individually and once she had established a friendship with them, then she was able to play with them at park day, even with a bigger group around. And I think, you know, that all depends on your kid, their personality, how old they are. Uh, but for us, those first few months were, I, you know, I had a lot of like, oh, my God, everyone's right. Homeschoolers don't have friends. <laughs> and now it's... And then it quickly turned around where it's like, oh, no, now we know when people everywhere we go, it's fine. (laughs) Um, What was your perception? My final question. What was your perception of going into like homeschool? Like, what did you think that it would look like versus what it is now? I think I thought, again, I had not done any research before we decided to do it. So I think in my head, it looked a little bit more like traditional school in in terms of, you know, sticking with a similar curriculum and covering the same material as, you know, in kindergarten that the school was covering in kindergarten and first grade that the school was covering in first grade. It is now absolutely not that at all. There's no matching to the curriculum at all. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this it sounds um i can attest that your daughter is just a little smarty pants and uh-huh. i can totally understand where she gets it from just talking to you she was definitely born with some brains uh thank you but yeah thank you so much for this is so um educational for me you just homeschooled me on homeschooling uh-huh. 
Glad to help. You can find out more about Nusha on her website, toolsforfamilies.com. That's tools, the number four, families.com. Okay, I feel a little better about the time I've been putting in, but I'm not going to lie. I do look forward to summer break. But then I guess we transition into camp home, man. We're going to have to become camp counselors too, aren't we? I mean, at least I get to make out with my hunky fellow camp counselor by the bushes into the night. Am I right? And by that, I mean smooching my husband in bed and asleep by eight. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Nusha Niv. She made me feel better about my teaching skills, and I will be happy to retire once my daughter can go back to school. I would also like to give a shout out to all the teachers and educators navigating distance learning and providing the extra effort to make sure our kids are not falling behind. Please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear, we are all over social media at MOASpod. This podcast is produced by Jen Perilini, written by Rebecca Johnson, music by Jerome Kurtenbach, and edited by Tracy Levy. I am a proud part of the Eros Network. Please subscribe and rate the Mother of All Shows on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. It would really help us out. Just like toilet paper to anyone and everyone. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. Please stay safe. Remember to go easy on yourself. And thank you to all the teachers out there. Five farts coming your way. Do you want me to fart? Yes. That was a long and crispy one. Ask me how to unlock more farts or just say random. How do you unlock more farts? Get loads more farts with the Extreme Farts Extension Pack. Like Dragon Farts and the ability to fart happy birthday to you. As a Prime member, you save 39 cents. Your price is just $1.60 plus tax. Would you like to buy it? No! Okay, I guess it is yes! now without no! the Extreme yes! Farts Extension Pack. Do Would you like me to continue farting? anything off this app yes. I'm going to unplug it forever. No. Try asking me for a long and windy fart. Or say random. Alexa, do a long and random fart. Random extreme farts are part of the extreme farts pack. Do you want to know more about the extreme farts pack? Erios. Powered by ACAS. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.